on January 30, 2008, national polygamy advocate Mark Hankel was interviewed by John Stossel for 2020 on ABC News. We're at one hour, right, guys? And on, on your website, which I admit I have not looked at, what what are you doing there at Truthbearer? We, uh, we provide the arguments that uh, this, the modern movement of polygamy rights has emerged because of the internet and made it possible that uh, e evangelical Christians who are from Baptist and Pentecostals uh, have been told by their churches to study. Right, I should stop you because you're you should two, say this on camera. Three, and okay. Uh, sometimes if you say it the second time, it's less I understand. passionate. Well, no problem. Mark, don't forget to be energetic the way you want to be passionate. Passionate. I, I have a feeling that that's just going to happen. You don't. I won't read right. the product. <laughs> All right. So why are you? What's your interest? Why have you taken? Why have you taken this on? Because the emperor has no clothes. What? What do you mean? The we are routinely told that the Bible says polygamy is a sin and that that's why it should be against the law. But when you actually read the Bible for what it says, you will not find it ever calling polygamy a sin or condemning it. And in fact, the greatest heroes. Abraham had three wives. Moses had two wives. Jacob, whose name is Israel, had four wives. The 12 tribes of Israel, born of four wives. David had eight named wives. Great, great heroes. And they were never condemned for that whatsoever. So it's an issue of truth and not being in hypocrisy. Not everybody, not everyone, ugh. not everyone who says polygamy should be illegal says it's because of the Bible. Many people say marriage is between a man and a woman, that America is built on that. Well, actually, people came to the New World to escape governments controlled by the Catholic institution, and the one man, one woman invented doctrine is not a biblical doctrine, but is actually a doctrine of the Catholic institution. And therefore, governments controlled by that, the American ideal is to escape governments controlled by the doctrines, enforcements of any particular one religion. But American governments have defined marriage as one man, one woman, and made polygamy illegal. Well, marriage is a very important doctrine. It comes from religion. Uh, you wouldn't have a gospel control amendment or a baptism control amendment or a Lord's table control amendment, and you certainly shouldn't have a marriage control amendment. Who needs polygamy? It's laissez-faire marital economics that when you have socialism, you have a disincentive for the pursuit of excellence. Marital socialism, one man, one woman, uses the Marxist cry of one for each, so that each might have one. And what you end up is dumbed-downing men, and now we have the era of dumbed-down males and a cultural wasteland today of abandoned single moms and marriage-phobic males. But if men are taking more than one wife, it just makes it tougher for the men who don't have a wife. Well, that's not the way laissez-faire economics works. You know, just because you have the freedom in America to make $500 million doesn't mean everybody's going to. 
just because someone has the skill to be a Tiger Woods of golf doesn't mean everybody's capable of that skill level of golfhood. Same thing for husbandhood and, and being a husband. Not everybody is capable of that, but we have laissez-faire economics, and when you have that pursuit of excellence without the government controls, laissez-faire economics, the incentive for excellence uh, is there and men will smarten up. And just by the way, while I happen to be a believer in laissez-faire economics and understand what it means, I don't think people know what it means or that it's going to convince anybody. If you have other ways of making your points, I would encourage you to avoid laissez-faire economics. Um, let me just throw other questions. Uh, but John, maybe the word competition, like men compete for better women? Well, the reason we, why laissez-faire economics is so important is that we are the anti-polygamy is built upon a house of cards, anti-polygamy thinking. Uh, and each, what happens when you knock down the first floor of a house of cards? The whole floor comes, the whole house comes crashing down. The first floor of the house of cards of anti-polygamy thinking are conservative evangelical Christians. Not because everybody knows one, but it is one, but everybody knows one. And that first floor, you don't persuade them using liberal arguments, you persuade them using their own conservative arguments. We're showing them one is completely biblical, and we're showing them the conservative argument of limited government laissez-faire, and that's what we're actually talking about. Once that floor is kicked out, then you have other floors, such as liberals who believe in uh, tolerance dogma, then that... Uh, what consenting adults choose to do, tolerance dogma requires liberals to accept it. That floor comes crashing down. Uh, uh, cultural conservatives who would like to see a ban on single moms have opportunities other than uh, getting welfare or being hamsters in a wheel working just to pay for daycare. They, that floor comes crashing down. We provide all these different uh, floors come crashing down because we make the conservative argument of one is completely biblical and two laissez-faire conservative limited government argumentation. Fine, but I'm assuming our audience doesn't know what a conservative is, or a liberal is, or any of these things. They're not that politically interested, most of them. So I'm saying this to you and to Christie. So let me let's just talk about polygamy. More than more than one wife. This is and and this is widely practiced in America. It is not that it is widely practiced. It is. Uh, a pursuit that uh, a pursuit of happiness for those who would choose it. Is How it, many choose it? We'd say that there are probably less than 50,000 non-Mormon practicing polygamists across the country. Individuals living in the suburbs, uh, the cities, individual, may, they may be the only polygamous family in the town and, and they live quietly not trying to uh, live off in isolated communities and not trying to uh, uh, get, rec get attention for themselves, just basically living privately. And if you include Mormon polygamists, how many? The number would double. You'd probably say it's up to 100,000. So 100, you figure 100,000 people are living illegally, secretly in America doing this. Well, to an extent, except for those particular states where cohabitation is applied to the, the bigamy laws, uh, most polygamists will simply be a case of a married couple and what the otherwise a government would believe is a living girlfriend. And so therefore it wouldn't be technically a violation of two multiple wives in a legal sense. Can you expand on that, clarify that? Okay. What's, what's happening in most of these homes? Well, typically a, a for example, a married uh, couple will uh, be friends with an abandoned single mom and they will, she'll, they'll provide support. Abandoned by 
her, her former, her, the father of her children or something of that nature, which we have a cultural wasteland in our country of that. And they will, as abandoned single moms naturally do and should do, would look for um, support networks. That's where they may have, end up in churches and synagogues and various places where they're seeking support network. Uh, and there may be a befriending of that. Uh, between a married family and an abandoned single mom and just through that support and help and then whether if it's a religious basis then they will determine that that certainly there's no biblical prohibition on it and it just becomes something that the entire family decides to choose as consenting adults and it just works better for them and provides certainly an abandoned single mom would rather have that option than being a hamster wheel and having no option. And as far as the neighbors are concerned or the government of the town, they just think it's a married couple who's taken in this exactly. needy woman. Sure. But as far as the family's concerned, it's a plural marriage. Sure. And what makes it a marriage? Commitment. Marriage is not uh, defined by the government. Uh, government marriage is actually a modern invention. You won't find a single person in the Bible who was ever married by this Frankenstein monster of big government. Uh, the idea that you need government to define your marriage is uh, socialist, ultimately. It, it, it says that you don't have authority over your life, you don't have the freedom to contract, you don't have the freedom of assembly, that government has to define it for you and control it for you. So ultimately it's what the consenting adults choose to do and make those that commitment to each other. And that's why marriage is not, not it, the Tenth Amendment prohibits the government from being involved in marriage, technically speaking. And because of that, it, the Ninth Amendment, individuals' don't, rights do not have to be enumerated in the Constitution. Therefore, an individual has the right to marry uh, without government control when it comes to uh, the freedom of assembly of what consenting adults choose to do in their relationships. But in America, government-approved marriage gives you certain privileges, certain tax benefits, certain rights of your, certain rights to your husband or wife's property. It's an advantage. That's true that there are special rights that are afforded to individuals who choose marriage. That's correct. Choose the government marriage. Let, let's clarify the difference between marriage and government marriage. Anytime you, there is anything related to government marriage, it's not about protecting marriage or that. It's about government marriage. Um, okay, I'm jumping around here, but let's go back to the numbers and uh, when Americans think of polygamy, they think about Mormons. Rightly? Because the media chooses to allow them to perceive that's all polygamy ever is. In fact, what the media has done is they've forgotten their English language, uh, the early lessons of the English language, and that is that a neutral noun is not modified by a missing adjective. A day is different whether you put the adjective sunny day is different from a rainy day and you can't just say all oh, polygamy is Mormon polygamy whether it's Mormon polygamy, secular polygamy, Christian polygamy, uh, Muslim polygamy, Jewish polygamy, any of the various forms have their own different paradigms and reasons for polygamy but because of the specific paradigm of Mormon polygamy which does create a doctrinal obligation of women uh, in terms of the having the, the pre-existence of souls and having to have babies and all that and turning women into uh, having to have babies, uh, that's by associating polygamy exclusively with the Mormon paradigm, then that, because that comes off as anti-choice, that's why it continues to perpetrate the myth that all polygamy has to be defined by Mormonism. Okay, and, and if 50,000 50, American polygamists are not Mormon, 
And the Mormons say, we don't approve of this, and those people who are practicing that are not Mormon. Who are the other 50,000? Well, technically speaking, if you actually study the Mormon religion, it is, Mormonism without Mormon polygamy is like Christianity without Christ because the doctrines of Mormonism requires Mormon polygamy. So technically speaking, what you have is those who have abandoned, it's like you're, you're rejecting your own self to believe in yourself. So technically speaking, whenever you hear of the mainstream Mormonism uh, rejecting the fundamentalist Mormons, technically one would say it's backwards. Now, I personally don't accept and I d reject the whole Mormon paradigm, but intellectually speaking, if the Mormon religion is to be true and consistent with itself, it requires the acceptance of Mormon polygamy, and technically speaking, Mormons who reject it are technically rejecting their own selves. But today's Mormons say, those are not Mormons. We do not approve of polygamy. Well, they have... The they, people running the church well, just, today. They may have the, the dollars that allow them to say that, but if you for any intellectual stu student of whether you're a Mormon or not, myself I'm not, as you study Mormonism, it is intellectually impossible to have Mormonism without Mormon polygamy. So while I reject Mormonism in general, what, whatever the mainstream Mormonism has to say about their rejection of polygamy for Mormonism is irrelevant. In any case, so who are the other 50,000? They could be secular polygamists, Christian polygamists, which are you know evangelical Christians that uh, have a, we call it the love not force, that it's about uh, caring about women. We see today, the love not love for? not for standard. Yes, we. It sounds like love not. You're saying love not force love not force, as opposed to force polygamy. Um, that we're we're talking about men growing up again. As I said earlier about we see a, a cultural wasteland of abandoned single moms and marriage-phobic players, baby daddies, males that are uh, afraid of marriage. It's the big joke across America. You know, stand-up comics over and over and over. You know, afraid of marriage. Men are afraid of marriage. Afraid of marriage. That's the big joke. And that's ridiculous. And, and suddenly we're going to say men who want marriage, who want to grow up. And Because if you're going to be able to marry more than one woman, now you take w smart women, there's no way two, three smart women are going to let a guy get away with being a fool or being a jerk or being a tyrant. It's just not going to happen. You've got to be caring about women. You've got to understand them and grow to it. So it's like you start out with, uh, in mathematics, to use an analogy, you, first you have to learn numbers, then you learn addition, then you can learn multiplication, then algebra, then geometry, then trigonometry, then calculus. Most men may only grow up to, say, the level of multiplication, and then they're going to say someone who knows how to do calculus is somehow a criminal? It just doesn't make sense. That's insane. What do you do for a living? I'm an entrepreneur. And what kind of entrepreneur? Uh, internet, web hosting, uh, various, various. Uh, I guess you'd call netrepreneur would be the word. And um, the internet has changed this for polygamists. Totally made it possible. The reason being is that the movement itself started because all of a sudden evangelical Christians could come together the way they never could have come before. Because certain, nobody else can answer the argument that supports that first floor of anti-polygamy thinking except fellow conservative evangelical Christians. But the problem is, is that someone sitting in their Baptist church, some, another one sitting in their Pentecostal church, and all the various denominations throughout the country, they're all isolated. And if they stood up and said, you know, the Bible 
you know, the emperor has no clothes, the Bible never forbid polygamy, they're immediately pounced upon and, and silenced and, and isolated as if they didn't exist. The internet made it possible for all across denominational Christians, because the paradigm of evangelical Christianity, the pastors and the churches will teach you, you have to study the Bible and believe it, not what man says, but what the Bible says. And if you do a die-hard study of the Bible, you absolutely can never conclude that the Bible ever created the one-man, one-woman doctrine, or ever called polygamy a sin. And so that's how the internet allowed Christians who otherwise would have been unable to have known or found of each other to find each other and consequently uh, be able to create a movement and answer both the conservative limited government laissez-faire argumentation and the biblical argumentation, thereby kicking out the first floor and all from there the polygamy rights movement is able to then, most people could care less what consenting adults choose to do. And uh, make it clear about how the internet helps, it's illegal. If people were caught, what happens? Well, usually, no, no one has actually been prosecuted for pure, just straight out polygamy. It, they go after other charges. All the criminals that we've seen in the media have all been real criminals for other other issues. Because they used force on children. Or whichever, right. For example, the recent Warren Jeffs case. That he, Over and over, the media kept saying, polygamous leader, polygamous leader. But the charge, the case actually involved incest, with, uh, underage marriage, and arranged marriage of a girl with her 19-year-old cousin. Not an issue of polygamy. There wasn't anything had to do with polygamy, but he wasn't called an incest leader. He wasn't called an underage marriage leader. He wasn't called an arranged marriage leader. He was called a polygamous leader, and he simply wasn't. And the media refused to allow uh, the caveat and the truth to actually be told, and the reason is that because polygamy is still on the books, uh, polygamists lack what's called legal standing. And because we lack legal standing, we aren't able to then sue the media into oblivion for libel and for slander by associating us to all criminals. And because you lack legal standing, you also have to live in the shadows? We, we, we just have to live quietly. We, uh, we, we conduct ourselves, as, as whether it's from labor, whether it's construction, to attorneys, to, uh, to entrepreneurs. You know, we, we conduct ourselves doing general business with everybody else in, the, in, in our own environments and just living quietly, you know, living our private life. So what's the problem? It shouldn't be a problem, but, but there are great perils that are at risk for us. Like, well, the because the media has focused on the lie that that all polygamy is related to these criminals and not allowed that. Uh, it, sometimes, if individuals do discover that a family is suddenly, they will be uh, violently fearful that somehow we're underage criminals. You know, we're just we're just consenting adults, uh, or the um, you have. Uh, Government can, does have the authority, if they perceive that there's someone, does have the authority to kidnap our children. Uh, you also have um, an abandoned single mom who may have a, an abusive or a violent ex-husband who's lost custody of the children. Once he discovers that she's in a thriving polygamous family, she, uh, he can uh, actually now has grounds and can get custody back when he otherwise his abusive past prohibited him from getting that custody. Just the mere existence of the polygamy law allows him to do that. And it's even happened in non-criminal, civil court judge has actually uh, used is, is the authority uh, as, a, as a court judge to criminalize two consenting adult polygamous wives from being in the presence of each other or their children. 
and kidnapping the children you threw out. I mean, it's, talk more about that. That's well, happened child, in the past. Pr child Protective Services, basically, what, it, what we refer to that is that there is absolutely no cause, no reason for wanting to take children away from polygamists because we're the ultra family. We're so committed to family. You're talking about a man who's committed to wives and children. We're not talking about exploitation. We're talking about committed and helping each woman be what she wants to be. You have an abandoned single mom, she's a hamster in a wheel. She's working just to pay for either low-paid daycare, strangers to raise your children, or she's on welfare. You know, she's, she's in a trap. Suddenly you have an opportunity, say for example, one wife wants to work, one wife wants to uh, stay home and raise children. Each one has the choice. This gives women a choice. And a man who's caring about women, well, women are never going to put up with a man who doesn't care about women. And so so at this level of, of, of husbandhood, that's really, that's what we're talking about. Do you have more than one wife? That's a question that I'm not able to answer. Because even to talk about it makes you violate the, uh, what's the word, uh, even, let me find my, uh, yeah, purporting. Bigamy laws are anti-free speech. Because even because even saying that you are a polygamist couldn't be a crime. Yes. In the state of Maine, the bigamy law is so written, it's actually a violation of, it's, it's anti-free speech, that just a, a married man who merely purports a girlfriend to be a wife, the mere act of free speech of saying a girlfriend is a wife is a crime. Do you have a wife? I am married, yes. Very, very happily. Do you have other women living in the house? That's a question I will not answer. Um, and then, can you tell the story about the internet again, how all these people living secretly and thinking they were alone found each other? Do you, you said the internet changed everything. What right. do you mean? The difficulty of standing up and, and declaring the reality that the emperor has no clothes when you are in isolation is very difficult and can ultimately beat, beat in people down and, and has fears. And the internet has allowed individuals who, were, who would have otherwise been isolated that in their intellectual research and their uh, maturity growth as, uh, as human beings and, and first, uh, as families and, and certainly uh, men growing up and caring about women, the, um, there was such isolation, but because of the internet, it becomes a, a research. You go looking for it, and that's where they find our organization. Uh, they find all the argumentations that, that a polygamist will encounter. We, you know, every argument uh, is either going to be uh, from the, from the uh, biblical argument, or it's going to be from the uh, conservative argument. And, and now we're able to answer both of those because liberals couldn't answer it. Uh, you know, we can't be dismissed anymore as liberal, lascivious, Mormon, Muslim, or tribal. Uh, you know, we, we can't be dismissed because we are the same conservatives. We can give the same conservative argument that limited government is the real answer. Ninth and Tenth Amendment is the real answer. That, uh, and we can give the biblical argument, and we can prove it argument after argument after argument. We can show absolutely the emperor has no clothes. You will not find the Bible ever calling one man, one woman a doctrine or establishing that or calling polygamy a sin. You will not find it there ever. But plenty of religious leaders say polygamy is immoral. That is, there is an absurdity to that because many of those same leaders are the ones who believe the Bible. 
And if they believe the Bible, then they're saying that Abraham with his three wives was immoral. They're saying Jacob, who God named as Israel, the, the 12 tribes of Israel, born the, they were born of four wives. Jacob had four wives. David had seven known named wives before Bathsheba. You know, all, and God said in 2 Samuel 12, 8, that he gave David all his wives. And if David wanted more, God himself said in the Bible that he'd give David more. So all of these, if they're saying that that's immoral, they're calling the greatest heroes in the Bible they, they believe in. They're calling them immoral. And that's moral relativism, and I reject that moral relativism. 2 plus 2 equals 4 then, 2 plus 2 4 equals 4 now. Marriage was marriage then, marriage is marriage now. Let's jump to the practicality of plural marriage. Don't the women get jealous? This is where it's about growth as a husband to really care about women. That when a woman is really loved and cared for, and and I don't mean you know like a, like a sugar daddy. I mean nurturing, caring, respecting who she is as the individual she is, and and encouraging her and, and nurturing the 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 individual that she well, is. That must be much harder to do when there are two or three of them. Of course wife. it is, but just just as. Uh, you have we we in America we have people with super skills super skills at golf we've got a Tiger Woods super skills at basketball is Michael Jordan super skills at husband could be a polygamist, but you have to have super skills certainly, it's just not going to work. So the point is that smart women aren't going to put up with an idiot. But how is this a good deal for the women when only the men can take multiple spouses? Well. well we're after decriminalization. So we're saying government has no authority to be defining marriage one way or the other. So that, that raises the polyandry question, what about a woman having multiple husbands? Well, while biblically you won't find an example of that and, and religiously and all that, uh, from a conservative uh, limited government position, government has no authority to define it and if consenting adults choose to do that, that's what they choose to do. Anthropologically, it's probably not likely going to happen purely from the standpoint, if you use the metaphor of men as seeds and women as gardens, you know, it, it, the, the idea of, of uh, one garden with multiple seeds becomes a, a, an issue when it comes to offspring. But generally speaking, uh, whatever consenting adults would choose to do, consenting adults choose to do. Didn't answer the question though. Why would women do this? Why would women? Doesn't sound like a good deal for the women. Well, certainly it, it can be for those who choose it. Certainly, an abandoned single mom would like an option. Certainly, uh, and, and certainly, say one woman really wants to stay home and raise children, and another woman really wants to work. Now she can know she can go to work not only with confidence because her children are being raised by someone who loves the children. And they're not being raised by low-paid strangers at daycare. They're being paid by someone who loves the children, is committed to the children, and she's got the freedom to work. So both women get the choice. There's been families where uh, one they traded off, where an abandoned single mom joined a family. One woman was able to stay home and watch children while one went to school and got her education, then they switched, and then they both got an education. Now the whole family is flourishing, and neither the, the poor family or the, uh, the abandoned single mom would have ever thrived. And now they totally thrive because they've helped each other. All right, good for them, but how is it good for the women? How is it good for the woman if only the man can take multiple wives? Well, this is whatever the consenting adults choose to do. And if that is the paradigm of their choice, then that's the paradigm of their choice. They should be allowed to take many husbands. Well, well if they're in a belief system or or that's what they the point is, is that when you go into a marriage you go into with a understanding of where you're choosing to be what you're consenting to and so if 
if this is a family that is saying this is the way we're going to be, we're not going to be polyandrous, uh, then this is what, as consented adults, we come in and we choose to do. But in these communities, it's always one man, several wives. Do you know of any cases where it's one wife, several men? Well, first of all, let's separate communities. Only the Mormon isolated sex are living away in communities. The rest of us across the country are living as I'll individuals the question. in our own towns. In the families you know about, it's mm -hmm. always a man with several women, never a woman married to several men? Typically, the polyandry, as you're describing it, will be more part of a what's called the uh, polyamory type of uh, movement, which is more of a uh, anything type, anything kind of thing goes. Whether it's, there are, uh, in the certain arrangements of the families that choose polygamy, uh, it will be a man who is certainly a totally giver of himself to women and nurturing them and so forth, and that's the nature of who he is. And the women who are choosing to want to be in that marriage with him are receiving that benefit and thrilled to be able to do so. Dr. Joyce brother said back in 94 that, you know, I'd rather be third in line of a good man than the only wife of a jerk. And certainly knowing they're going in, taking that choice, and that's what works for them. They're not looking for, you know, multiple men type situation. They're looking for a man who really loves them. And certainly if a man has more love to give than one woman can receive all on her own, then it certainly has the opportunity to, to benefit others as well, if that's what those particular consenting adults choose to do. So anthropologically, Polygony is more likely going to happen among those consenting adults who choose it. Sure. Though, I mean, he's been great. I think I'm done. I want you to ask the, pop, the Peter Sprigg questions on the bottom of two. Or the well, I, your, your question suggestion was good, but moving them out of my tie, especially when he's dressed that well. <laughs> You're in Maine, for Pete's sake. We have to overcome the uh, the wrong stereotype about us. Yeah. Use words. Thank you. Does that work? Not quite. Almost. Just one second. With that. So. So what do you want? What's the big deal? The government rarely enforces these rules. What's the problem? Well, because of we lack legal standing, we're unable to uh, sue for slander every time the media continues to associate polygamy with criminals. They don't refuse to allow us to make our argument of consenting adults. The things that can happen to us because of that is that people, when they do discover, uh, have violent reactions and think that we're somehow underage criminals. Uh, and that, that can lead to government kidnapping our children with child protective services. Uh, there are also great threats to us, such as uh, government can be used uh, in non-criminal court uh, in civil cases where, uh, for example, a judge can issue a, a decree, just a pure fiat, to prohibit uh, consenting adult polygamous wives from being in each other's presence. I mean, this is America, and a judge can say two adults can't be near each other. But they almost never do. It has happened, and it's happened just in the last year. The, the, and these are the types of things that can happen just because it's on the books. Not only is criminal law, but civil law, as I just described there. Also, the fact that uh, an, an abusive ex-husband of a uh, 
of an, of an abandoned single mom who then thrives in a polygamous family. The abusive ex-husband was violent. He had lost custody of uh, the children and wasn't, didn't have access to it. And all of a sudden, he discovers she's thriving in a polygamous family. And he's able to then gain standing and be able to then reacquire custody of the children. And he was abusive and lost custody purely because of uh, the existence of polygamy. And here she is thriving. The children had never been happier. Peter Spriggs from the Family Research Council says polygamy is barbaric. It ought to be illegal. We are the most pro-family you can be. We're not just marriage with a plus. We're marriage with a multiplication sign. You know, we really believe in marriage. And to suggest that marriage is barbaric is to suggest that Abraham was barbaric or Moses or any of the great heroes who had more than one wife were barbaric. How, how, as I described before, in the example of uh, the growth of, of, of multiplication, when you start from adding and multiplying and algebra and, and, and geometry on up to calculus, it's, it's the absurdity of the person who's only learned how to multiply saying that the person who knows how to do calculus is a criminal. That's mentally insane. It's different from multiplication and calculus. This is marriage. And this is what's about growth. made America work, they say, is one man one woman. That's best for families, best for America. Well, they certainly lack empirical data because they're only basing it on their side of the story. We, t we agree with much of what the Family Research Council would, uh, would, agree, would, would believe in terms Set of the stumble. Say that again. <laughs> we would agree much. Sorry. <coughs> we would agree much with what the Family we, Research Council would agree Council or you do agree? We would, but not on the one I'm man, sorry, one woman. With most of everything else that they believe oh, in. But give me the full sentence, if you would. We believe the Family Research Council is making a mistake on the one man, one woman marital Marxism. But other than that, we are very pro-family and very pro-marriage. We're talking about men growing up. The one man, one woman socialism has proven why socialism fails because it disincentivizes men to grow up. If you have 10 men and 10 women and nine of those men are jerks like we have in our current society, you've oppressed, one man, one woman has oppressed nine of those women and they either have to settle or go without. Now you take laissez-faire economics, you take the idea of free choice and you allow the incentive for the pursuit of excellence. Now those women see a man growing and so if they aggregate toward that one then the other nine are watching. You know what? I better smarten up. Suddenly they start smartening up too, and you've got equilibrium. That's how. That's why we use laissez-faire economics as an understanding that one man, one woman is marital Marxism. And if you're going to say you believe that, what you're really supporting is socialism, one for each, so that each might have one. Using big government to define what should only be what consensus choose to do, as God defined marriage, not government. That's great. Let's take a two shot, and Christy, if you want to. Uh, it turns a bit. And I still think his his answer about the the case where in a custody battle the bad husband um, it sounds very specific. I, I'm not getting the broader context, the broader context of, of 50,000 people having to live underground because right. what they believe is loving and good is forbidden and uh, We're denied the political custody process. service could say could take the kids away. Right. Which is <laughs> you're saying I'm not communicating that? I'm saying you're yes, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. Not as well as I think 
you might. You know, you use the phrase kidnapping, and mm -hmm. I can see why you call it kidnapping, and I might call it kidnapping, but I think the listener says, what? Kidnapping is like strangers coming and taking <coughs> the kids for ransom. You're talking about child custody service saying, mm -hmm. we're going to take your kids away because this is evil. Mm -hmm. um, Okay. Can I just, no? just one second. Can I get a push into Mark, please, with John talking? Okay. She needs me to keep talking here, and so I will do this. I thank you. When you get passionate, you get very articulate about some of these points. I, I assume you may know the woman professor from Georgia, I believe, who was also very articulate about making these points. So you have a number of people who uh, will be able to make them for this this show, which is interesting. Mm. Well, thank you. And one thing, okay, I'm just going to switch. One thing he didn't bring up in the interview that I'm going to get out of him is that, you know, he made this whole point about Hugh Hefner has this show where he has yeah. three girlfriends living in the house. Yes, that's good. <coughs> I, I agree. I don't think that's illegal because a lot of it has to do with if you call it marriage. Well, in, in, uh, in California, I don't think they have the, uh, uh, the cohabitation <laughs> clause, <laughs> such as they don't have the cohabitation clause in the main law as well. But they mm -hmm. do have Some the... Some states they do? Yes, in Utah, for example, the cohabitation. So we have the laws for all 50 states. So he's done? I'm taking his diet So he's done? He's done. Okay. Mark Henkel is National Polygamy Advocate. Presented polygamy to the public since 1994. NationalPolygamyAdvocate.com.